the late George uh, Carlin, comedian, author, actor, social critic, and theologian, once wrote, we spend more and have less. We have bigger houses and smaller families. We laugh too little. We drive too fast. We get too angry. We stay up too late. We get up too tired. We read too little, watch too much TV, and pray too seldom. We have multiplied our possessions, he wrote, but have reduced our values. We talk too much, love too seldom, and hate too often. We have conquered outer space, but not our interior inner space. We understand the atom, but we don't understand our prejudice. We learn to rush, but not to wait. We build computers that hold more and more and more information to produce more copies than ever, but we communicate less and less. It's into a world like this, our world, that we hear this morning's gospel from the 10th chapter of that, the gospel according to St. Mark. It's printed in your bulletin. If you'd like to follow along, please do so, or just simply close your eyes and listen. I'm going to stop at verse 26. Listen for the word of God. Jesus was setting out on a journey, and a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. He said to him, Rabbi, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give your money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked. And he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it'll be for those who have wealth to enter the realm of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words, but Jesus said again to them, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through an eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the sovereignty of heaven. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, then who can be saved? What must I do, the man asked. What must I do? How often do we think if we do this thing or do that thing or do something, we'll be able to have a meaningful life? or learn to what it means to walk with the holy, or discover the best way to pray, or the secret to be happy, or as we heard in the gospel, a man ran up to Jesus. There was urgency. What must I do to inherit eternal life, he said. And Jesus calmly said, well, you know the commandments. Don't murder. Don't be an adulterer. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Honor your mom and dad. Oh, these. These. I've kept these all my life, he said. 
Then Jesus, with a loving look, simply said, Go, sell what you own, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, he was shocked and went away grieving. Grieving, that's a really strong word. I mean, think about when you are grieving. You have lost something dear, usually a person. But we were told he had many possessions. Is this what he loved? The man got caught by what he owned, which makes me wonder who owned whom. Did his possessions possess him? Jesus said, go, sell, give, come, follow, and you will find your treasure. Finding one's treasure. When you hear this, what comes to your mind? What is your treasure? Or what do you treasure? You know, this story is so important. It's recorded in all the synoptics with <clears throat> slight variations. Mark introduces us to a man who had great possessions. Mark describes him as young. Luke describes him as a ruler. So he's commonly referred to, if we summarize and put them all together, the rich young ruler. What did he really want from Jesus? If Jesus were to walk in and sit right next to you right now, would you turn to him and say, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Probably not. But what would you ask, though? What would you ask? Most likely, you would ask what was on your heart. And eternal life seemed to be on this man's heart. It was like he knew the answer to the question before he asked. He knew he was trapped. But underneath his question, what's he really getting at? Now, obviously, we'll never know the answer to that. But I believe what this rich, young person with a lot of belongings was asking is, how can I find meaning in my life now? Basically, how can I get unstuck? I'm a good person. I've followed the commandments since my youth. I don't cheat. I haven't stolen. I don't carouse around. I work. I'm nice to people. But something is lacking. Something doesn't quite feel enough. Have you ever asked these questions? I have. What catches you? Do you get caught by judging what you perceive on your inside because you're looking at someone else outside? Do you get caught by seeing what doesn't work in your life rather than looking at what does? Do you get caught by focusing on not having enough and missing that you have all you need? Jesus' response to the man was simply an invitation to look at what his priorities were. It seemed to be in his possessions. In fact, he was possessed by them. It's like he hid behind them. They were a crux. 
Almost he put his whole, whole sense of self in them. So what would Jesus say to you or to me? What are we possessed by? What do we hide behind? What's a crux for us? What do we think we own? Our education? Our profession? Our spirituality? Our addiction? Our disability? Our generosity or our fears? Are we possessed by our relationships or our acts of charity or our good works? Sometimes I I hide behind my perceived competence. My age and my experience in my mind should say that I know things that I don't know, but I don't say that I don't know them. You know I don't. It's so easy to get caught by what we think we own, even if it's our ego. What must I do to inherit eternal life, I believe, is really a question about how can I find meaning in my life now? Or another way, possibly, of saying this is how can I find my heart's treasure Jesus' response to the man was a way of asking him, what's pulling you away from your heart's treasure? What's keeping you from being possessed by God? The commonwealth, the kingdom, the realm of God is within us. When we begin to believe this in the very core of our being, that's when we begin to change. When we begin to believe this in the very core of our being, we begin to celebrate what we have, not what we don't have, When we believe this in the very core and gut of who we are, we begin to see a life that's full and abundant rather than focusing on scarcity. We can focus on possibilities. Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Or where your heart is, Jesus said. There is your treasure. There is your treasure also. So where is your treasure? And where is mine? This is really the question of the text, I believe. It's really the question of our lives. So during social hour today, if you happen to turn and Jesus was there, what might you ask him? Or if you were to ask, what must I do to be free? Which is another way of saying, how can I embrace my heart's desire? I believe he would simply say, what's keeping you from being free? What are you hiding behind, Jeff? What has a grip on you? Go, sell, give. Let go. Then come and hang out with me for a while. We may think to ourselves, as we're having this conversation internally, I can't do that. These fears that I hold on to, they're a part of me. My addiction defines who I am. My possessions are too valuable. My education says I'm too smart. My sense of self, my ego, was too fragile. It would be easier for a camel to slide through an eye of a little needle than for me to change, for me to release, for me to sell, 
to give, to follow. Finding one's treasure is being free to get caught by God. This all begins by knowing, my friends, that we are enough, that you are enough, just the way you are. Finding one's treasure is allowing ourselves to be loved, opening our heart to another and allowing others to enter our heart. You see, my friends, what the text tells us about God is that the kingdom of God is not something in the hereafter, rather it's in the here and now. Reminds me of those words by Henry Nouwen. I am the glory of God. Make that thought the center of your meditation so it slowly becomes not only a thought, but a living reality. You are the place where God chose to dwell. You are the topus tu theu, God's place. And the spiritual life is nothing more or nothing less than allow that space to exist where God can dwell. In your prayer, you can ask yourself, where is the glory of God? If the glory of God is not there where you are, if the glory of God is not there where we are, where else could it be? Finding one's treasure, finding your treasure, simply start by looking in the mirror and saying thank you. Thank you for this incredible gift that we call life. As you look in the mirror, see the gift of God looking back at you. And then begin to follow as you let go of whatever it is that you're holding on to. For where our treasure is, there is our heart also. Amen.